0: Thanks for being with us on this uh, smoky aired, a bit hazy Saturday morning. We are going to uh, shift focus a little bit now and talk about overdose deaths, uh, the opioid epidemic in this province. And Dana Larson joins me on the line. He is a founding member of the B.C. Marijuana Party, the Canadian Marijuana Party. We've talked to him many times in the past about dispensaries, about marijuana policy and laws. Uh, Dana, thanks so much for being with us again.
1: Hey, thanks for having me today. Uh,
0: You uh, talked a little bit, uh, or uh, wrote a bit as well, about an idea perhaps to uh, combat the opioid crisis in this province. How did that come about?
1: Well, uh, Judy Darcy, who's the minister in charge of uh, this, had had put out sort of a six-point plan on, on what she thought we should be doing to address the overdose crisis. And although... None of her points are really that bad. I thought it was really missing the mark in terms of what we should be doing. So I put out my own six points that I think take a real different approach to this issue.
0: And what in particular, or is there one point of hers in particular that you think misses the mark?
1: Well, she says she wants to stamp out the illicit drug trade, and we've been trying to do that for over 100 years now, and that's really what's got us to the point where we're at. If prohibition and drug war is the cause of the overdose crisis, and we need to reject prohibition and reject the drug war to solve the overdose crisis, and I think that is a big change of focus.
0: So, what would you suggest then, or what are parts of your plan?
1: Well, it's something that's actually been called for now by Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal recently, which is the first step has to be to decriminalize possession of illegal drugs and make it so that police aren't arresting drug users for having a small amount in their own possession. Uh, Many countries have done this, including famously Portugal, and it's really the first and most important step. And it's something that British Columbia can do as a province. We have the power to direct police. We have the power to set priorities. As a province, we've decriminalized drunk driving, and we deal with that in a non-criminal, provincial way. We have the exact same power when it comes to possession of drugs, and we need to use that power and make that happen.
0: Are people still getting arrested and and facing charges for small amounts of uh, cannabis?
1: Well, not, I'm not talking about cannabis. I'm talking, and they are across Canada, not so much in, or across BC, not so much in Vancouver, uh, but across the province. Absolutely, people do get charged for cannabis still. But I'm talking about other drugs. I'm talking about people in possession of any substance. Being a drug user should not be a crime and in a province with the government that is trying to destigmatize drug use and telling us the drug users uh, uh, shouldn't be stigmatized and irregular people, well, the number one form of stigma is having the police arrest you and punish you. So decriminalization of all substances, just the possession, that has to be the first step.
0: Uh, you talk as well about uh, supervised injection sites and having them in every, every town and every city. What would that look like?
1: Well, a supervised injection site really is a very simple and cheap thing to have. It just requires a room with a few spaces and a, and a nurse or a healthcare worker on site, uh, so that if a user is is taking drugs and they have a problem, there's someone there to help them. It's a very cheap and effective way of saving a lot of lives, and you know, a lot of them now are, 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 are some of them are being set up by individuals who just want to stop this happening in, in their community and save some lives, with or without. Government support, uh, but really, we need to set up more of these. They put them in Vancouver in the downtown east side, and they are expanding them into a few places but we, people use drugs all across the province, and it really just seems like a real simple health measure that's not very expensive and that really needs to be put in place.
0: Uh, one of the other points as well, and this is the one I think that often gets a bit of pushback, is providing heroin, providing opiates for people uh, so uh, that they know they're getting a safe supply, but that it would be provided for them.
1: Well, I think that that's key, and that's something that uh, that works in other jurisdictions when they do it. And, you know, heroin capsules or or opiates are really very cheap. You can get hydromorphone tablets for less than a dollar each. It's not a very expensive effort to give or even sell uh, to addicts and and drug users that need them. Uh, You can run it at cost like they do in Switzerland. So there's actually no taxpayer cost, and users do pay, but they're paying far less than they do on the street. And more importantly, they're getting a substance which they know is not going to kill them because they're able to dose it properly. People are dying because they get fentanyl and other uh, drugs on the street, they don't really know what's in it, and, and dosage is very important. So, you know, if we don't think that drug use should be a death sentence, then we need to help provide safe, clean drugs to people as part of our health care program.
0: And I think people would agree it shouldn't be a death sentence at all. But is the end goal to get people to stop using
1: not necessarily, you know, and, and first of all, to get someone to stop using, they have to still be alive. If they die because of a drug overdose, well, they're going to stop using, but that's not really what we want, is it? People can be functional members of society with jobs and living a normal life, and also be an opiate user. It's not a contradiction. Uh, But our system of prohibition forces people who are opiate users often into very difficult and vulnerable situations, uh, and there's just no reason for that. Using opiates is not a sin, it's not a moral, and if somebody needs some opiates to get through the day for whatever reason... We should not make that a death sentence and try to allow for that. We should certainly be offering treatment for those who want to get off. We should be making that available. I'm not against that at all. But the idea that someone can't be an opiate user and also be a functioning member of society is simply not true.
0: And do you think that's where there's a, a miscommunication or a disconnect? In that you would think that if you are somebody, and we'll use heroin as the example, somebody that has a heroin addiction, and I, I suppose I suppose it's the word addiction too that has a negative uh, negative connection to it. You you make the assumption that if you are addicted to heroin, it would be you would you would prefer to not be.
1: Well, they might be. And, and certainly, you know, and part of the, the things I talk about are offering other solutions, including cannabis and kratom therapy for people who want to get off heroin. We should definitely make those things available for people that need help. But if someone is using heroin, the first step should be to make sure that they're healthy, that they're able to stay alive and be a functioning human being. And then if they want to get off, let's help them get off. And if they need heroin or opiates to get through the day because they've got pain or they've got issues, then we shouldn't punish them for that. We should help them get access to the drugs that they need. And because of prohibition, most of the heroin users that we see publicly are people in very vulnerable situations, poor people, people on the downtown east side. But that's not necessarily representative of all heroin users. And a lot of that is because people are forced to buy street drugs when they become a heroin user or an addict, and they're they're put in this really difficult situation. But but uh, so being a heroin user or an opiate user does not mean you can't be a functioning person. And prohibition just makes it a thousand times harder for opiate users to live normal lives.
0: Uh, do you think things will change once uh, cannabis is legalized? Taking away the, the stigma, or, or for lack of a better word, to making it so it is a legal uh, substance, is that one step in, to nor- in, in normalizing substances?
1: I think it is. I think that cannabis is different because it's incredibly safe on its own, and so you don't have a lot of the same health risks with cannabis that you might have with other substances. But I think that a lot of the people who are afraid of legalization and afraid of cannabis legalization, when they see how things go and that actually things get better, communities get safer, there's less problems, maybe they'll be more open to other drugs also being legalized. And, and other substances should be legalized in different ways. I'm not saying you should be able to buy injectable heroin next to your cannabis or anything like that. But, but ending prohibition means treating these as health issues and not criminal issues, and, and recognizing that, that people who are drug users uh, do not deserve to die and really should be treated as part of our health care system.
0: Uh, what do you say to opponents of this, though, uh, that would suggest if it's suddenly uh, there, that heroin is being provided and that drugs are being provided, that will result in more people using?
1: Well, you know, we've had prohibition of opiates in Canada for 100 years now, and every single decade we've had more overdose deaths than the decade before. And back in the 1990s, we were having an overdose crisis. Over 24 years ago, the chief coroner of British Columbia recommended decriminalization, moving towards legalization, providing clean drugs. We've had thousands and thousands and thousands of dead bodies piling up across the country since then. I think the time to act is, is long since past. And every expert, every person who works in drug uh, a policy or healthcare uh, anywhere will tell you that prohibition is the real problem. Uh, frontline workers know that the solution to the opioid crisis is access to safe, clean drugs.
0: All right, Dana, we'll leave it there. But thank you so much for joining us this morning. Appreciate it.